1: I hope you'll visit the website johnsonsairconditioning.com and give them a call. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date. By reading Life in Naples, the website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Pastor Rick Stevens. He's the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Bernadette Lapagli is going to be joining us as well. She's a great patriot. We'll be talking about some of the events that are happening on Memorial Day. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will be with us as well. It is May the 27th, and on this day in 1943, a B-24 carrying U.S. airman and former Olympic runner, Louis Zamperini, crashed into the Pacific Ocean. After surviving the crash, he floated on a raft in a shark-infested waters for more than a month before being picked up by the Japanese and spending the next two years in a series of brutal prison camps. His story of survival, of course, was... Featured in the best-selling book, Unbroken, by Laura Hillenbrand. Terrific read if you haven't read it. It's just an unbelievable story, Unbroken. Born in 1917 to Italian immigrants, Zamparini grew up in Torrance, California, where he was frequently in trouble with the law. As a teen, he channeled his energy into athletics and became a champion distance runner. At age 19, Zamparini competed in the United States at the 1936 Olympic Games in Berlin. He ran the 5,000-meter race and finished in eighth place. However, his fast final lap caught the attention of Adolf Hitler, who later asked to to shake Zamparini's hand. After the Olympics, he was a record-setting standout at the University of Southern California track team. In the fall of 1941, he enlisted in the U.S. Army Air Corps and was eventually stationed in Hawaii. In May 1943, he was serving as a bombardier on the b B-24 that was searching for a missing plane when his own aircraft developed mechanical problems and went down. In the Pacific. Of the 11 people on board, only the 26 year old Zamprini, along with the pilot and the tail gunner, sur- survived the initial crash. The three men staved alive uh, in their small craft by drinking rainwater and eating the occasional seabirds and fish that we were able to catch, all while facing strafing from Japanese bombers at the ever present threat of shark attacks. After a month at sea, Francis McNamara, the tail gunner, perished. On the 47th day in the raft, Zamprini and his fellow survivors. Russell Allen Phillips had drifted some 2,000 miles since the crash, were picked up by Japanese sailors. For more than two years, the two men were held in a series of prison camps where they were repeatedly beaten and starved. As an ex Olympian, Zamprini was considered a propaganda tool by the Japanese and saved from execution. At the same time, however, he was singled out for particularly vicious forms of torture. The defiant American managed to survive and was released after the war ended in 1945. Back home in California, Zamperini drank heavily and was haunted by the experiences in captivity. Then, after being inspired by evangelist Billy Graham to convert to Christianity in 1949, he went on to become an inspirational speaker, uh, forgave his captors, and published an autobiography, Devil at My Heels. A wider audience learned about his life and when the publication of Unbroken by Laurie Hillenbrand, author of the 2001 bestseller Seabiscuit, an American legend about the Depression-era champion racehorse. Zamperina died in July 2014 in Los Angeles. He was 97 years of age. What a life. Unbroken. Never forget reading the book. I didn't see the movie, but it was a fantastic book. Well, one of the most difficult school years for learning and experience comes to a close. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis toured the state Wednesday to tout a $1,000 bonus payment for teachers and principals who juggled the uh, challenges of educating students during the pandemic. The governor also sought to put the uh, pandemic in the rearview mirror when it comes to schools, saying he expects districts to revert to normal operations during the next school year. Here's a quote. He says, next year is going to be a normal school year, and students are going to go back to the classroom, he said. Yeah, He added, it's going to be look like January of 2020. Uh, DeSantis also said he does not think students should be required to wear masks in school. Florida Education Commissioner Rick- Richard Corcoran sent a letter to school superintendents in April saying they should not mask, uh, make masks mandatory at school next year. We ask uh, that districts, which currently are implementing a mandated mask covering, revise their policy to be voluntary, he wrote in a letter. Let's hope that happens. I think we still have mass here in Collier County, but uh, hopefully when we go back to school in August, uh, that will be a thing of the past. Well, a new Quinnipiac University poll on Wednesday found that 66% of Republicans want former President Donald Trump to make a third run for the White House. The number also mirrors the 66% of Republicans that believe the 2020 election was stolen by President Joe Biden and the Democrats. The numbers fly in the face of any predictions that Donald Trump's political future is in decline, uh, Tim Malloy said from Quinnipiac University. By a substantial majority, Republicans, number one, believe the election was stolen from him, number two, want Trump to run again, and number three, if they can't vote for Trump, prefer someone who agrees with them. The poll comes out as some Republicans, like Representative Liz Cheney and others, try to distance themselves and the party from the former president, and are supporting the Democrat-led push for commission to investigate the Capitol riot on January 6th. That led to the House voting to impeach Trump for the second time. <clears throat> Liz uh, Cheney, by the way, says she's going to be exonerated by uh, the election in Wyoming, where she believes she's going to be reelected. I think she's going to have a very rude awakening when the election comes. She's not going to win. of registered voters are unwilling to spend even $1 a month out of pocket to mitigate climate change, according to a new national poll released by the Competitive Enterprise Institute. Competitive Enterprise Institute, by the way, is a terrific organization. CEI.org, I believe, is the website. 50% 50% are unwilling to spend more than $10 out of pocket monthly in order to combat climate change, with only 15% say they are willing to spend up to $10 of their own money on climate change policies. When asked to name the most important issues facing in the country, 26% said the coronavirus pandemic, 22% mentioned jobs and the economy, 15% immigration and border security, 10% named health care, 8% race relations, and only 5 said said climate change. Uh, Director CEI's Director of Energy and Environment Director Myron Ebel, added that this poll shows once again that Americans are unwilling to pay for the left's anti-energy policies, stressing that the more people learn about the Biden-Harris blackout agenda, the less support there will be for spending trillions of dollars for no measurable benefits. That's reassuring because, you know what, Uh, popular opinion is on the right side of science on that one. CNN's ratings have plunged since Trump left office. The fake news network has lost 67% of its viewers since January when Trump departed from the White House. 67%. They needed Trump. (laughs) And uh, now that he's gone, they got very little to talk about or push. The United States Supreme Court may decide to take up a direct challenge to affirmative action policies. In this case, Harvard University's use of racial quotas for their admission standards. The case has been scheduled for discussion by the justices for June the 10th. As is the practice, four or more justices must agree to grant a review of the case The case could have far-reaching effects on the nation's colleges and universities using race-based admissions standards, which in in an election year could have consequences. It certainly could, and I hope they take up the case. Race-based admissions is totally wrong. It's against the Constitution, and uh, everybody should be judged by their merit. Well, (laughs) the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Mike Lindell was thrown out of the Republican Governors Association Spring Conference in Nashville, Tennessee, yesterday. Uh, I guess that was on uh, Tuesday. After vowing in an interview earlier in the day to confront governors about the 2020 election, the MyPillow CP, uh, CEO. A close Trump ally and staunch advocate for overturning the presidential election result told Politico that minutes after he collected his credentials at the lobby of the JW Marriott Hotel, the event coordinator turned him away, claiming he wasn't allowed at any events. An RGA official of clarified to Politico that Lindell attempted to join RGA member Transportation for a dinner at the Tennessee governor's mansion. These events are for RGA members, and Mike Liddell is not currently an RGA member, the official said. Well, of course, he got a VIP invitation for crying out loud. The Republican businessman showed proof to Politico of his executive roundtable badge for the conference, and the dinner Tuesday night was entitled Executive Roundtable Reception Dinner. Uh, he also uh, shared a screenshot of a calendar event headlined RGA Nashville Meeting with Attachment Nashville Agenda PDF. He also shared re- revealed documents labeled at the bottom of the confident- uh, with confidential, which included the schedule for the three-day RGA conference. He's been encouraged by some to run for governor of Minnesota, including uh, former President Donald Trump. While speaking on Steve Bannon's radio show Tuesday before heading to the RGA conference, Lindell said he would confront Governors Brian Kemp of Georgia and Doug Ducey of Arizona. And uh, Trump has lashed out at both Kemp and Ducey for not doing enough to investigate voter fraud and the work to overturn the election results in their respective states. In February, Dominion Voting Systems filed a $1.3 billion defamation lawsuit against Lindell after he repeatedly accused the machines were used to steal the election. So I think he's sued back now. I think he's he uh, has, has a countersuit against uh, Dominion. In any event, it's also interesting, and Lindell, I've gained a lot of respect for him. He puts it all out there all the time, and uh, just uh, think he's doing a great job. Just he's a gr- He's a great patriot. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine, be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Pastor Rick Stevens, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. at lulabies.com and stop by Lulabies Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabies Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabies Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time.
0: back to the Bob Harden show and now here's your host
1: Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best and building a new performing arts center in downtown Naples. I proudly serve on the board as president actually for 15 years and very proud of it. Gulfshoreplayhouse.org is the website. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us Pastor Rick Stevens, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Pastor Rick, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Always good to talk to you, Bob. Thanks for the opportunity.
1: My pleasure indeed, Pastor Rick. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance.
2: Well, the Florida Citizens Alliance champions education in Florida, specifically K-12 through education. We want our children to have every opportunity to learn and to grow and develop. We're the parents, the grandparents, the aunts and uncles. We're all the people that care about our children, and we want our 2.8 million students in Florida to really do well. So we try to be the voice of all those people that are concerned. We try to bring solutions to the problems. We don't just rail about the problems. Anybody can complain. We try to offer ways forward. And we've done that pretty well at the legislative level and at the local level, really across Florida.
1: Yeah, you and Rick, I just Keith, I really admire. I've, you've done a great job getting traction and influence in Tallahassee, both with the Commission of Education as well as the leg- legislature. So, uh, and in fact, uh, quoted in the Epics Times the other day about the uh, critical race theory. That was pretty, yeah, cool. it's
2: pretty remarkable. They called us and wanted to, to know what was going on. They saw our open letter to the governor, as well, how we think they heard about us, and uh, responded to that. And uh, we are trying to get the message out there. A lot of people are concerned. We want to make sure the governor knows that uh, we support his efforts to attack this problem. And uh, that was the whole point of the open letter, to, to say to the governor, we're with you, here's some ideas forward that we can support, and, and we need to take care of this, this problem. You called it wacko. And we agree, so let's get it done.
1: Absolutely. So let's take a step back. Critical race theory. Uh, I know that uh, the governor has mandated there will be no critical race theory taught in uh, Florida public schools, but voila, textbooks uh, actually had it woven in in some of the uh, narratives for history and civics and that kind of thing. So uh, this is a real problem, and and the uh, school systems have gone through the process of purchasing books. Where are we with this situation right now?
2: Well, you're right. It is a real problem, and the reason it's a problem is because critical race theory is a lens through which people see the world, and so it colors everything they write about. <clears throat> so our textbooks, they get caught up in that, and and it's hard to, to get it completely out. Now, we think we need to work at doing that, and we're not giving up on that, and we should say to the schools, you need to take a careful look. But at the same time, there are other ways to attack the problem as well. We remember, and you probably remember, too, back when we were working on Common Core, we'd go to Tallahassee, we'd talk to different people, and they didn't want to think about Common or Common Core. They didn't want to hear about it. Right. It was kind of like uh, kryptonite, you know, leave it alone. Right. Well, we got the message that they didn't want to do anything about it, but we weren't going to quit, so we decided we'd chip away at it in every way we could. And so we developed different strategies. And over time, we kept talking about these different aspects of Common Core, and People started to listen, to hear what we were saying, and lo and behold, guess what happened? We got a governor that came into office, and he said, I've heard the people speak. Common Core is gone. And so when all at once, Common Core went away. Well, we think that approaching this critical race theory problem is similar, and so we're looking for all the ways that we can do that. And one of the things that the governor has, has announced and that the Department of Education is working on is a rule that the State Board of Education plans to implement and to pass on June 10th that will actually prevent teaching critical race theory in Florida classrooms. And we think this is a great way to attack the problem. If I look at it this way. If the instruction materials, if the textbooks are supplying the information, and often information that we think is is terribly uh, flawed because of the critical race theory but if that's supplying the information for the classroom then we can also attack the problem at the delivery end of it that's right most of us have read books and most of us have never found a book that we agree with completely right we'll look at what this author says in that one so we're saying with the department of education we support their rule let's stop it at the delivery side so that the teachers when they see this in the books don't teach it to the students and that's what this rule is is trying to accomplish well, it's I think really that, a good strategy.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a great strategy. My concern is that they need, uh, uh, they need syllabus, they need content to make sure that they can address uh, the critical race theory that's being taught and uh, an alternative to critical race theory.
2: Well, that's definitely true, and we're, we continue to work on that. We've made some uh, outreach efforts to some people that we think can help with the supply of better materials that will solve that problem. Uh, and, and we think that, with, that that is ultimately needed. I'm not, we're not saying that at all. Right. What we're saying is that with this board rule, with the efforts on the, the material or the content side of it, we think these are all ways that we can, can attack the problem. Plus, if the State Board of Education will put into place a whistleblower kind of system, then parents who hear their teachers violating this rule
1: yeah.
2: can report that to the state and the state can step in and bring corrective action so the teachers quit teaching critical race theory because somebody has found out what they're doing. Yeah. So we think that this is just several opportunities for us to solve a problem that is very difficult to solve.
1: Yeah, And uh, you know what? It, it saves hundreds of thousands of dollars of uh, replacing the books that have already been purchased. But you're absolutely right. It gives the teachers an opportunity to say, "Look at this flawed theory. <laughs> and let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about how how it really works." So, in other words, allows uh, the students to actually think about the issue and understand why it's not correct. I think that's a great idea.
2: And it focuses on the ideals and the principles on the, on which the nation was founded, and it requires the teachers to teach the things that came out of our founding documents, like the Declaration of Independence, and to actually give attention to the principles that were put in place there and what that means to us and how it makes our country better, unique, in all of history. Yeah. So we think it's a good approach. There isn't a silver bullet to this. I keep wishing I could find one. Right. But there are many opportunities for us to, to go after the problem, to bring correction to it, and to help our kids have the opportunity to learn the truth and the, the objective, factual history of the United States.
1: Absolutely, Pastor Rick. You know, and, and uh, it's just reminding me that uh, uh, Ishmael Hernandez, who is one of my heroes and also co-founder and CEO of the uh, uh, Freedom and Virtue Institute, uh, he also serves on the 1776 Commission, and that work is continuing. My hope I don't know if we have plans, but I'm hopeful that uh, we can work that into the curriculum as well.
2: Well, oh, yeah, that'd be terrific. And, and Ishmael is, is a terrific guy. He's got great perspective on all of this. And, and I agree completely. We need to have the best materials. And that's part of what we're doing is trying to find out who has these better materials and why haven't we found them and used them in Florida. Yeah, Because our kids are capable. They're smart. They can understand these things. But we have to tell them what the real truth is and not indoctrinate them with a perspective that's simply going to divide and destroy the
1: country. Right. Uh, Pastor Rick, before I let you go, uh, the HOPE Scholarship, uh, right now it's pretty timely, isn't it, to be thinking about that if you're parents of uh, kids in in, uh, Florida schools?
2: It really is, And, and if you are a parent of a student in a traditional Florida school, this is the ideal time to think about a HOPE Scholarship. If your student is in a bad situation where they're harassed or intimidated, threatened, Uh, Sometimes we use the general term bullied by by any person in the system at school, at a school-related activity, on the bus, at the bus stop, where anything related to school, if they find themselves in a situation where they're being harassed, threatened, or intimidated, that qualifies them for a HOPE scholarship. All the parent needs to do is report that to the principal. The principal will give them a form that's completed that qualifies them for a HOPE scholarship, and you can then begin to make plans to move your student to the school of your choice starting in the fall you don't have to wait to make those plans you can do it now and we encourage people to do that because it's harder to change schools in the middle of the year it's easier between grades so we really want to encourage parents if you're thinking about the hope scholarship or you're in a situation that just isn't working for your student now's the time take advantage of it don't hesitate don't delay there's no benefit to waiting just go ahead and get that hope scholarship and get your student on the right
1: path. Yeah, great message, Pastor Rick. Again, uh, Pastor Rick Stevens, the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, I'm going to encourage you to go to a very robust website, goflca.com. Goflca.com. Pastor Rick, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Always enjoy talking with you. You as well. Thank you, Pastor Rick. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Bernadette LaPaglia, great patriot, and just going to inform us about what's happening on Memorial Day We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative. And you can find out more by visiting the FGA. Dot org Coming up, we're going to visit with Seaton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Bernadette LaPaglia. She is associated with Hodges' uh, funeral home. and uh, Bringing uh, Bernadette on because we, we on May 31st, we celebrate Memorial Day commemorating the brave men and women of the United States, our forces who gave their life and service to our country. Bernadette, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, Bernadette. So... Um, First of all, I I probably didn't give your title correctly for uh, associated with uh, Hodges Funeral Home. By the way, a great organization, and uh, Earl Hodges was a great leader. Uh, Any comments and thoughts?
3: Um, Yes, Bob. Actually, um, I served as community liaison for Hodges at Naples Memorial Gardens. Yeah, And um, Memorial Day is such a great opportunity to honor him, to remember him um, as not only a wonderful community leader, but um, also a veteran of two wars. Um, It's been, don't know exactly, but over 10 years that um, the Memorial Gardens has been um, the site for um, bringing all 20 of the um, veterans councils together in one place, to um, commemorate Memorial Day.
1: Yeah, now that's coming up uh, on May 31st, uh, Monday uh, at 10 a.m. Maybe you can tell us about what's happening.
3: Yes, well, um, it's um, probably the prelude will begin at 9.45. Um, Mrs. Kelly Parker, who's the um, leader of the uh, the leader of the band um, at um, the middle school. So she always begins with a prelude, um, and that's typically around 9.45. But this year, groundbreaking. For those who are unable to attend, um, we'll have the um, event live streamed. Ah, great. Our executive director, Seth Minzo has arranged for the event to be live streamed so this is just an exciting um, opportunity for those who are unable to attend
1: absolutely so tell us about the program
3: well I guess for me personally Bob the idea of Memorial Day as a solemnity I think this has Often been lost yeah. with the whole i the whole emphasis really being on celebration, but solemnity signals the true history of Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm proud to say that um, a nearby uh, community where I grew up in upstate New York, Clifton Springs, my father was an apple grower, um, is the town of Waterloo in 1866. It was the first place to honor the solemnity Mm -hmm. of those who died um, in the Civil War Um, and what distinguished them was that they were the first to close um, the shops and come out and decorate the graves with flags and flowers.
1: Yeah, I guess this goes back actually to the Civil War. Actually, it was a decoration day back in the day because when they acknowledged the lost
3: soldiers. And that's why it was called Decoration Day. Uh Um, So then advancing, it was 100 years later that Congress um, recognized Waterloo, New York as the official birthplace of Decoration Day, And then a few years later, that was in 1971, Congress declared it a national holiday, and it was then um, officially uh, named Memorial Day. But many folks continued to think of it as Decoration Day because of the honoring... Of the gravesites with flags and flowers,
1: right? And I just really appreciate you bringing up the whole notion of the solemnity of the of the event because uh, this is a time where we actually remember those who made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms. You know, to be able to go to an event like this. Uh, so again, I, I guess the admonition is bring along a lawn chair. Make sure you have a place uh, comfortable. It's a,
3: a special honor, um, Bob. Under the um, leadership of. Chief William Carl of Collier County Vets, Um, he will again preside, and um, the keynote will be given by Commander Jeff Coonrich. Um, His keynote is lead with vision, and I think especially in light of the fact that last year, because of COVID, we had to forego the celebration, so the whole idea of vision is certainly apropos to this historic moment. All
1: right. Now, this is all happening at Hodges Funeral Home at the Naples Memorial Gardens at 525 111th Avenue North in Naples. And uh, again, a great opportunity to acknowledge those that have made the ultimate sacrifice. Great prop uh, program lined up. And for those that want to watch it online, how do you do that?
3: Well, um, you know, I'm going to send you the um, uh, link. Okay.
1: Well, I can I can see here that there is a website callyourvets.org. That might be a, a good place to start as well. So yes, per- and
3: and I believe that the link will, if not right away, soon to be posted there.
1: Okay, perfect. And of course,
3: it doesn't become accessible till. Um, I think officially 945
1: on, on uh, Monday morning
3: on on Memorial, Memorial well, Day. Of well, course.
1: Bernadette, whenever I see you at so many events, especially where uh, we're celebrating America or where we're acknowledging uh, the importance of life. Uh, I just really appreciate the work that you do in the community. Again, Bernadette LaPaglia from uh, Hodges uh, 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 Funeral Home. Bernadette, thank you so much for joining us.
3: Bob, thank you so much for all your good work. Thank you, And God bless. God bless you as well.
1: Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Bob
1: Harden. Thanks so much for jo- joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a refreshing social networking platform, and you can download it at choice, choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government.
4: Um, I can't. We don't have any. <laughs>
1: Okay, but we're working towards it, right? We're trying,
4: right? Right. Yeah, yes. we're
1: really trying. So, uh, you wrote a column, which just sounded kind of out of character for Joe Biden. But you say you said Biden gets a chance to redeem himself in Ukraine. Maybe you can tell us about it.
4: Yeah. Well, first of all, don't use the word the Ukraine. It's not the Congo, the Ukraine. That's one of my little pet peeves. Uh, it's just Ukraine. But anyway. Well, um,
1: thanks for the clarification. I appreciate no,
4: that. No, no, no. I, you didn't say it. You didn't say it. Oh, I didn't. Uh, no, 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 you didn't say it, but oh. a lot of people do. Oh, I... And it's Nope, you're fine. Okay, good. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I was just venting my little pet peeve about it. But anyway, um, what of course we we know Joe Biden has a bit of a Ukraine problem. Well, he would if the media were not totally corrupt. Right. And that is his son, who knows nothing about oil and gas, was on the board of an oil, of a corrupt oil and gas company in the Ukraine. The Ukraine. And the numbers vary, but it looks like he made at least eighty-three thousand dollars a month yeah. as an advisor to an oil and gas company
1: yeah.
4: in the Ukraine. Even though, from all uh, searches of his passport, he's never been to the country. And of course, we know with Tony Bobolinsky and 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 uh, the, the Hunter Biden laptop, this went on all over the world that Biden got money because his, uh, Hunter Biden got money because his father was his father. So here's this corruption with the Ukraine. And then, of course, we found out, when we had it on video, He, uh, Joe Biden's speaking at the Council on Foreign Relations, and there's a prosecutor in Ukraine looking into Burisma, the oil company uh, for which his son Hunter is advising. Mm-hmm. So he calls and threatens them with a billion dollars in the US foreign aid using government money, our money, and says if you don't stop this investigation into my son's company, we'll hold we'll withhold this one billion dollars in foreign aid. Yeah. And he brags goes, sure enough, eight hours later, the the, the prosecutor was fired. Uh fascinating. You know. So anyway, what we've got going on now is there's a trade deal between Canada and the and, and the Ukraine and Ukraine. See I almost did it. And and um, it's it, it's it's basically an energy deal. Uh, Ukraine has problem. You know, Ukraine kind of like was the way Venezuela was, mm-hmm. where they could they had a lot of domestic energy, but were awful at using it. Mm-hmm. At, 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 at. So Canada cut a deal, and the, the, you know, remember how easy used to get screwed by NAFTA because China would fly a bunch of stuff into Mexico and then truck it into the United States. Yeah, well. In a positive way, we were using the Canadian deal, so it affected us too. It affects us too. We were we were going in there, and Canada built a multi million dollar energy production company or uh, a factory in Ukraine. Well, there's a there's a domestic company uh, in Ukraine who went to the corrupt Ukrainian government and said, "These guys are competing with us. Lock them out." And so Canada just got completely locked out of the country, and with it us, too, in our interest, yeah. too, out of the country as cronyism for this domestic company. So well, this has co- been going on now for several months, hmm. and nothing's happening, and Biden's doing nothing about it. And, and that was my jokey headline was, here's Biden's chance to redeem himself for you, for, for U.S. policy and to withhold, for example, withhold U.S. aid for so, for so, to benefit someone besides the Biden clan exclusively. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, I got, I got comments on the piece that said, Oh, you're, 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 you're naive. It'll, he'll never do that. Well, no, I said he got a chance. I didn't say <laughs> he was going to take it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, he, you know, this is a, this is an example of the, of the kind of trade cronyism we've talked about before. You know, South Korea, um, steals intellectual property from U.S. company Qualcomm uh to benefit Samsung which of course is their domestic company China does this all the time right uh steals intellectual property and blocks foreign competitors to their domestic companies and now Ukraine's doing it too there's this is domestic company they they feel undue pressure from this or they it's not undue they feel pressure from this Canadian US alliance in the country helping them get energy and Ukraine just locks us out To to benefit the local, the domestic company,
1: you know, everything it seems to be reduced to the uh, lowest common denominator when uh, when we're talking about world leadership. You know, the world for the most part—I'm overgeneralizing. I realize that—is run by thugs and punks. Yes, (laughs) that's just awful. And and I would I I would say I I would say that's also true for the United States.
4: Yes, no, you know. I I am I'm actually kind of tired of people saying oh America's the greatest country in the world. Well, I don't know based on what standard and measure. Um the you know uh, uh I had a unfortunately he passed away from cancer, but he was a TV writer and he had seven hit TV shows and wrote wrote seven hit TV shows and had a bunch of others he produced and directed and all that. And of course to write that many characters that connect with people, you have to understand people. Yeah. And he said See, the moment anyone decides to run for office, they're immediately un- unqualified to hold the office.
1: Yeah, so You know, uh, I love Mark Twain's uh, quote. He's, he wants to find patriotism as supporting your country at all times and your government when it deserves it.
4: Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. So uh, the moment anyone decides that they want to run for office, they've immediately disqualified themselves. Yeah, absolutely. To hold the office. And so, yeah, I mean, this is just another example. Now, look. When when Obama said this many years ago, uh, everyone got upset, and I think no, this is uh, at least it's honest and realistic. He said, "Well, uh, you know, we should think, you know, because people we were yelling at him because he kept putting America last." Yeah, and he said, "Well, you know, we, we might think we're first, but France thinks they're first, and you know, and he named a couple other countries and they think they're first i 'm like yes that 's right that's why <laughs> that 's why we don 't want you undermining us right The only the only advocate for America is going to be America unless you don 't do it right president obama and and you know we' like like just what we saw with the State Department, Tony blinken should be impeached. The right. Secretary of State should be impeached. They had these speeches around the world on um George Floyd Day, they hung Black Lives Matter from uh, no. embassies around the world, and had speeches about how America's racist and we got to confront our racism. And they're saying this.
1: Didn't it make you proud? Soil. Didn't it make you proud, Seaton?
4: <laughs> oh my God! I wanted to punch the television. Hey,
1: so and here's the thing, too the uh, the communist, the transnational uh, communist uh, criminal enterprise, the C- uh, Chinese Party. Uh, then then uh, the military is not even returning this phone calls.
4: <laughs> Right, right, right. You know, this reminds me years and years ago, the late great Rush Limbaugh got in big trouble because he was reading excerpts of the Unabomber's manifesto and and Al Gore's Earth in the Balance without identifying which is which and having callers try to guess which was which because they were identical.
1: Uh huh.
4: And you listen to you listen to the speech that these, these flunkies at the, at the Biden State Department were giving about the racist, horrible United States, and listen to what Iran or China says about the United States, and please tell me which is which. Yeah. Because they're identical messages.
1: Yeah. Unbelievable. Seton, again, Seton Motley, the founder and uh, president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit the website, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, I always appreciate your anima- animated and so interesting commentary. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show.
4: Thank you very much, sir.
1: My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Bill Barnett, f- uh, former mayor of Naples. Well, we've got some interesting things to talk about. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: or of the Bob Harton Show, here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network.
1: To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840, and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for, your designated beneficiary charity, gets half the profit after fix-up costs, and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children The government does and, provide. and NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did.
0: Welcome back to the Bob Hartman Show now here's your host, Bob Harden.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us.
5: Well, Bob, thank you, as always, on a th- beautiful Thursday morning for letting me, uh, Make our days a little
1: brighter. It it makes my day a lot. I've got a lot of questions, (laughs) Bill. Fire away. Oh, I tell you, you know, uh, you shared uh, with us information about this complaint uh, filed, uh, uh, ethics complaint filed against the mayor of Naples now, uh, Teresa uh, Heitman. Right. I expected to see some sort of acknowledgement about the issue, at least in the Naples Daily News. Crickets, nothing. What's going on?
5: Okay, so I want to, you know, a lot of people ask me that, like, don't they care, or isn't this a big enough story for them? Well, that's just it. It's a a huge story. They had a switch of reporters. Uh, The original reporter left to go to Indianapolis um, uh, for another paper, and um, the new reporter is, is very driven. He is uh, doing a very thorough job, and there's a lot of information, Bob. Oh, yeah. A lot of information. A lot of public records requests went through. Um, uh, just just a gathering of, and I'm, I'm in touch with him. And uh, so I have no doubt in my mind, now they're going on summer break, I think June 16th is the last meeting. I, I, I am going to say to you um, that... Uh, hang on while I give a sneeze. All right, got cat hair and dog hair and yeah, I hate that feeling. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I'm I'm going to say to you that before they go on summer break, the Naples Daily News will break that story. Uh, I I have no doubt. um, uh, Um, because they are, I know he's doing just a lot of research. Okay, so that's that's number one. And so you know as i say people ask me all the time and um and that's that's the answer it's not like they're ignoring it but they did not want to write something that was incomplete because this is a big story yeah so so they had a meeting last week another one of the, the the long ones they had to put off and and uh pick another day uh to finish up and at the end of that meeting and mind you nobody on council has brought it up okay i mean they it was just like never happened. And, um, so at the end of the meeting, she, uh, Heitman, uh, uh, says that the last bit of correspondence, to communication. Well, I think I need to bring this up and, uh, this is what happened. And I, um, I, I, I did not do any of this. Uh, and I didn't say that about Sheriff Rambos or, or the former mayor. Didn't mention my name, but former mayor. I guess that has to do, you know. And um, uh, she just kind of like like pushed it under the under the rug, so to speak. Like, well, after the the investigation, meaning the state ethics committee does an investigation, you'll see that I'm going to be clear and and uh, and there's nothing there. Okay, so and then she, <clears throat> excuse me, and then she adjourned the meeting. So <clears throat> um, I am feeling um uh i am still infuriated okay i mean it's my name out there all right and kevin's but um the sheriff's department made a a statement saying that it was resolved but it he but it didn't come out the way that it was supposed to um it's not resolved it's just the fact that she admitted that she she's well she admitted she said she didn't say those things and uh Uh, Wink News last night at 10 o'clock did a thing saying her side of the story. So now she said as of last night, and I don't think this is even out yet. uh, I about fell off my chair. Now she said last night she didn't write it. Somebody else wrote it. I mean, not her writing it. What I mean is Brian, Brian, uh, our IT guy, he didn't write that. Somebody else wrote it. Um, she said and, that. She said that. Yeah, she so, said that last night. She says no, no, he didn't write it. So I, I think she said somebody else wrote it. Okay, and so then the next question you would ask me well, who did she say wrote it? Well, Bob, he never said.
1: So <laughs> I just uh, let's just back up for our listeners' benefit. The many of have heard of last week's show that Brian die. Right. Is is uh wrote a letter to the city of Naples, uh, Florida Commission on Ethics in Tallahassee, and uh, had this ethics complaint against Teresa Heitman, the mayor. Uh, with and it, there's just so much material in here; it's almost impossible. there were seven pages, Bob. Seven pages, and one of the accusations. This is unbelievable. One of the accusations is that our own former mayor Bill Barnett and are uh, the sheriff of uh, Collier County. Uh, Kevin, current Kevin Rambos, colluded together. We're working together on a sex trafficking ring out of the Naples airport. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she, I know. She's she she actually. I mean, this is one of the things acknowledged by Brian Die, who I think you said he has been, I think, an employee for like six or eight years in the, in uh, in Naples city government and IT guy is a very right. uh, very well respected
5: uh, guy. And 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 um. Yeah, I mean, Bob, he I mean, he he is uh he is a, a a go-by-the-book person. There's no two ways about it. And there are witnesses. Um there was documentation. There were other people around for some of the conversations as some of the things that she allegedly didn't say. Um and then there were other people that were damaged by this. I mean, they made a big deal out of Kevin and I because, you know, that's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um and then, of course, she she denied that, and then she said, "How anybody could say that about uh, the former mayor and the sheriff is beyond me. I don't understand it." And then, you what's left out of that in that report is she she got uh, Cheffi Passaglione, the law firm, uh, the very good law firm, um, Retzel and Andres, our old firm. She accused them of hacking and commuter hacking and every uh, and everything else computer hacking. And there is a report out there. Um, that's called Interhack, that uh, um, she insisted that the city spend money and do. And so far, the cost is somewhere over $30,000. And so far, from my understanding, there isn't one item of any hacking anywhere. Wow. So, I mean, it just gets worse. But last night when she did this thing on Wink, I mean, Chris and I were sitting there watching it. And it was like, you you got to be kidding. Now, he didn't write it. Somebody else did. Bob, it's always about, it's always the conspiracy. It's always the collusion. It's always something about me, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, it's, 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 to me, it's just absolute paranoia. And then they did a segment on her, and she's sitting there and saying, I work really hard, and I'm doing this and that, and for them to do that to me. And wh- why in the world would anybody want to do that to her anyway? We ran councils for how many years, Bob? I know. We well, here, here's, like here's,
1: here's the question I have. How, does, uh, how do uh, for current members of the city council not ask her to address the issues or at least discuss this? She, she brought it up at the end of the meeting. The city, there's been two city council meetings, and no one brought it up. Right. And what does that tell you? It, that, it I mean, tells not, me that, she, that they're scared of her.
5: Well, I don't think so. I, I mean, it could be that. But it also could be that they are uh, in somewhat in step with her. Okay, and somehow involved in some of this and I'm not uh, saying all of them for sure yeah but I will guarantee you there's one or two of them there that uh, that uh, has, hasn't co- it hasn't come out but it probably will because it's in those records and, and deep down uh, that I know for a fact that one of them um, contacted that same private law firm that she did and had two meetings with them huh. so you know, you, you have to take it with a you have to take it with with a with a grain of salt
1: so here's the thing I mean yeah all and it is
5: public record by the way
1: yeah so uh f- for our listeners that say what's going on anyhow and what are they talking about <laughs> how how can how can a, a citizen get a copy of this
5: well, the citizen all the citizen has to do is ask for ask for a copy of you can g- actually go online and probably get it, but it's just the ethics complaint that was filed um, uh against uh um, Mayor uh, Teresa Heitman, and um, it's on record. It's a public record. They could just call the clerk, city clerk's office at the city of Naples. Um, and uh, 213-1000, I think I'll get you the mayor's office, but just ask for the city clerk. Or 213, I'll tell you what, Bob, it's 213-1015. One one, 213 one
1: one one and five. just
5: say you know, give a name and just say, "I would. How do I get a copy of that?" Because it's 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 all over the internet and everything anyway. Well,
1: you know, I, it's. I, I checked the, the internet after our discussion last week, and I couldn't find it anywhere. So uh, maybe I think maybe it is yeah. there now. That's all. Uh,
5: I I think it's 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 more readily available, and and as I say, all they have to do is call the city, and the city will tell them how to get a copy of it.
1: Is is has have other employees at all come forward and said you know yeah I mean is this 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 I I
5: I can I can tell you this okay and remember I'm a private citizen okay right. I'm I'm not I'm not an elected official anymore I'm I'm a former okay so but I hear from a lot of city employees pretty much weekly if not sometimes daily because I'm still their mayor Bill whether I am or whether I'm not mm-hmm. and they are you know the morale has been horrible they're some of them are afraid of their jobs they're afraid of her um and uh it you know it's a very sad situation and as far as coming forward i think you're going to see some come forward once the state ethics commission um gets involved
1: yeah any idea what the timeline might be for some sort of response from well
5: the the thing with the state ethics commission they take a long time they do i mean it could be nine months who knows but We've, we've got some other things that um, I'll talk about in the coming weeks with you before they break for vacation that uh, you'll you'll find interesting. It's kind of in the works now. So um, stay tuned to the Bob Harton drama show with former Mayor Barnett. How's that? <laughs> that sounds
1: good. <laughs> Bill, Mayor Bill, I just genuinely appreciate your <laughs> commentary here in the show, and I hope you have a, a very solemn Memorial Day. Recognize those veterans that uh, gave their lives the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. And, so.
5: Uh, th- and you as well, Bob. Thank you. you. as well. Have a thank great you.
1: Thank you so much for joining us.
5: My pleasure. Uh, Bye.
1: All right. Well, uh, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I had fun, learned a lot. I uh, hope you'll uh, join us tomorrow. We'll have with our our Congressman Byron Donalds will be joining us. William Yateman from the Cato Institute, research fellow there. Uh, Michael Cannon is the Director of Health Studies at the Cato Institute. And Dave Bego, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep, has a lot to say about unions and union involvement in Democrat politics. So uh, it should be a good show. I hope you'll, uh, if you have any comments at all on the show, I always appreciate your emails. You can send me an email at bobharden.com
0: dot com.